Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Dangerous Dinners podcast, episode 10. We're in double figures. We made it. Who would have thought, eh? We got this far. Uh, I am your host, as always, Tom Green. I hope you're all right. Uh, what a, you know, what a wild ride we've had on this podcast, actually, the last two weeks. So the intro of last week's podcast, I was in uh, the Lake District for a special edition of the podcast episodes coming up real soon. I'm not going to tell you the guests that we were with, but it's really exciting because we filmed it all as well. We had a we had a bloody film crew with us. Uh, yeah, so that's happening. Uh, I think next week, the week after, don't quote me. But today, you find me um, at my parents' house. Yeah, I'm in my uh, I'm in my bedroom. I suppose I call it, I just not really my bedroom. My childhood bedroom does. I said this on the podcast a while ago. I don't really feel like I have a childhood bedroom because we've moved house so many times. Um, the closest thing I would have would maybe like when I lived in uh, Cotton in Preston, I guess, or maybe Garstang. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, enough of that rambling. Uh, welcome to episode 10. Today's guest is the amazing Joel Corey. Um, sorry if these uh, intros feel a bit rambly, by the way, today. we've Me and my girlfriend have just come back from the pub. I had two pints of Mag- Magna. <laughs> I had whore. I had I had two pints of Magnus and a garlic bread. And my God, was it lovely. It really was. Anyway, enough dilly-dallying. Today's episode of the podcast is the amazing, I mean, what is it, four top tens in the UK? I would say probably the biggest UK artist in the world right now. He is up there with your Dua Lipas. He is up there with your, I'm going to say it, he's up there with your Adele's. Um, he's a personal friend of mine. I've known him for a very long time. And finally, we've got him on the Dangerous Dinners podcast. Um, the man behind Sorry. The man behind Head and Heart. The man behind, I mean, Summer Bangers, I suppose. Welcome to the show. It's Joel Corey. The Dangerous Dinners podcast with your host, Tom Green. Ow. One celebrity guest, one spin of the roulette wheel, and a tour of the best and worst takeaways, which are delivering to us tonight. What will it land on? We let fate decide. Up for grabs today, we have the poorly reviewed Kansas Fried Chicken, everybody's favorite, Lahore Karahi, and if it all goes wrong, Pizza Palace. But before we do that, it's time to meet our celebrity guest. They're famous, they're funny, and they just arrived downstairs. It's time to bring them up. Please welcome. It's Joel Corey. Hey, hey, how's it going, mate? Hey, hey. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, man. Having one of the best weeks of my life this week. So I'm just on cloud nine right now. I was going to say, not. I shouldn't say Joel Corey anymore. I should say Brit-nominated Joel Corey. <laughs> oh, it's surreal. It's absolutely surreal. Literally, like, you know, if you told me a few years ago I was going to get nominated for a Brit Award, I would have told you you're absolutely nuts. So I'm sitting here being nominated for free. I'm like, right, what is going on? Somebody, like, I'm literally pinching myself, like, thinking I'm going to wake up. <laughs> it was so weird yesterday watching the Twitter stream and seeing them all come through because I've known you for a few years now, right? And it's like, you've got all these, like, massive names up there. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's my mate, Joel. He's been nominated. What the hell? <laughs> it's the coolest. Yeah, it's pretty mad. Like, um, the, the Twitter was going off yesterday. Do you know what's funny, though? There's a lot of, like, um, angry One Direction fans messaging me because they want Lewis or Niall or whatever on, <laughs> to be nominated. So hold on, I got hold, like, on. hold on. I, Did you think one of the One Direction members was called Lewis then? No, no, no. Uh, what's Louis. Louis. Louis, Louis, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Sorry, Louis. <laughs> Louis. Does he spell it like Lewis, though? I don't does he know. Spell it? He does. He spells it like Lewis, doesn't he? Aye, mate. My my dad my dad's called Louis, you know. <laughs> See, my Luigi actually is Italian. No way. Well, that's where you get the good looks from, my guy. <laughs> that's where it's from. Shout oh. out to my dad, Luigi. Yeah, boy. Um, did you celebrate <laughs> last night at all, or was it, or did you just kind of keep it calm after being nominated for a Brit? Do you know what, mate? I, I, I just obviously it's locked down right now, so I just chilled out. You know, what? I cracked open a, a few beers, mate, to myself. Wow. And um, it felt good actually, man. Yeah, I haven't haven't done that in a while, you know, because I've been I've been so busy lately, like working so hard. Like obviously we're in the middle of the bed campaign, yeah. And um, every day at the moment, it's like wake up, and it's literally from the moment I wake up to when I go to bed, just so much on the schedule. But yesterday, I did sit down and just had a had a few beers, and just was like, oh mate, this is this is mad. What's going on right now? Because <laughs> you're not a big like at home drinker, are you? Remember when I spoke to you last time? You were like, you're not big and cracking open a wine or something like that. I guess you can't with your fitness stuff. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know like me, like, you know me, mate. I love a party. So yeah. like, if we're if we're having a big night out, like I'm fully involved. But yeah, day to day, like I'm not somebody that drinks at home at all. I don't really even have much alcohol in my house. No, um, actually, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of unopened bottles that I've been given that are just sitting there <laughs> waiting waiting to give people for Christmas presents next year. Do you remember what <laughs> you gave me when I left your house last time? Um. Oh my god. Oh my god. I gave you a Toblerone. Toblerone. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you gave me a massive thing of Toblerone. Went, Tom, I won't eat this. You can have it if you want. <laughs> I remember. Oh, my God. Oh so my where God. do we find you right now? We're in the middle of lockdown. Are you in the party bungalow? That is the Joel Corey mansion. I am in the bungalow of bangers, mate. This is where it goes down. And um, yeah, man, I'm loving life in the bungalow. I'm not going to lie. Do you know what, though? I have got an addition. I have a new, a new addition to the bungalow. Which is? A Stairmaster. What? A You're, stair master. Are you joking? Because bungalows don't have stairs, right? Right. And I, and I, <laughs> I wanted to get my car doing, so I thought I might as well get a stair master. You're joking. I'm, I'll send you a picture of it, mate. So hold on, hold on. A stair master is what goes upstairs, though, right? Yeah. No, no. You, you, you. No, no. Stair master. You like a step machine, like you do your cardio. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought but, you meant one of those things that old people have to get upstairs. <laughs> That would be no good in a bungalow. I was going to say, no was this like a prank from Stairmaster? <laughs> You're like a step thing, like you do your steps. Mm-hmm. Every morning, I'm on the Stairmaster, 45 minutes, fasted cardio. And um, yeah, I love it, mate. It's, it's it's great. What's your most prized possession in your house? What's the thing that you spent the most money on in there? The Stairmaster. Mate, gym equipment ain't cheap. I'm not talking from experience, but I've Googled once or twice. Yeah, no, it wasn't cheap. It was actually like the most expensive thing I've brought in a long time. But um, you know, the gyms are closed at the moment and I'm not I'm not one of those people that like kind of running around the park and stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was like, you know what? Just to keep me sort of like, it's not even like a physical thing. It's honestly a more mental thing for me. Just uh, my exercise really helps me like um, just stay on point, you know, and, and give me that mental clarity. So to start my day with a good cardio session is really key for like, you know, the rest of my day to go smoothly. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, by the way, when you've had a new addition to the house, I thought you were going to say you'd bought a dog. Oh, no, I'm not ready for that commitment I've yet, got, mate. I've, do you know I got my dog, Turtle? Oh, what a lovely name, Turtle. Yeah, I got a little dog called Turtle. She's the miniature dachshund, a little sausage oh. dog. And she's with me tonight while I do this record. I love her already. She's by my feet. Turtle! Turtle! Dogs are the best, man. Do you know what, though? I just... I wouldn't be able to get one just because of my... my Mainly my touring. It just wouldn't be fair. Like, so... We have got, like, a family dog at my mum's, though, called Alfie. And, oh. um, yeah, I, I, there's nothing better than when you open a door and that you get greeted by your dog. Just so excited to see you, in it? Yeah. Oh, they're back! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. sort of dog is it? <laughs> it's a beast. Actually, it's a Pouchon. A Pouchon? Yeah. What's that? A poodle? Poodle something? A, a poodle and a bichon. So it literally looks like a real life teddy bear. Like, honestly, oh. if I send you a picture of it, it looks like a teddy bear that is alive. And, um. God, yeah. how our text messages have changed. You're going to send me a Stairmaster and a poodle. That's not what we <laughs> used to text each other. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, mate. Before we start, by the way, shall we explain what happened last time we tried to tried to do this? This is the confession, listeners. This is not the first time we've done this podcast. Oh, it was a disaster, wasn't it? Oh, I felt so bad. <laughs> I oh, felt bad for you. I know. I felt so bad for you because you... Co- You'd gone to such a big effort to come down t- to my bungalow yeah. and get all the equipment together. And we recorded that amazing talk and chat and had food and everything. And then you got home and <laughs> told me you forgot to turn the, the mics on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, felt, I felt so bad for you, bro. So Joel was the first ever was supposed to be the first episode of the Dangerous Dinners podcast. This is way back in like November last year. And I went over to the bungalow and I recorded it all. And I got it home and I was, uh, my girlfriend, Em, was like, what was it like? And I was like, oh, it's Joel. It was amazing. It was everything I wanted the first episode to be. And I, <laughs> I played it on my Mac and I was like, whoa, that doesn't sound right. It, Joel sounds like he's in a bathtub while i record it oh. this sounds weird and i send it to my friend who's like a vocal producer and uh, he does like all of like little mixes vocals for songs i sent it him he's called trey and he went i'll do that i'll try and i'll try and repair this for free so you can use the episode i thought i'd really appreciate that and then he called me up and he said tom i'm gonna say something and i don't want you to be angry but just answer the question he said did you turn the mics on uh. and i just thought oh, i f-ing didn't <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, it's a, but listen, what's good about this, though, is actually that was like five months ago now, and I've completely forgot about everything we've spoken about. And since then, you've been Brit nominated. We've done loads of episodes of this now. So it feels like a different vibe, I think. Yeah, that that was just a dress rehearsal for this. (laughs) A warm up, if you will. A warm up. (laughs) So, for the second time, Joel Corey, welcome to the Dangerous Dinners podcast. Over the next 60 minutes, we're going to decide what you are having for dinner. Behind me, there's a giant roulette wheel with the best and worst takeaways, which we'll be delivering to you tonight. Joel, what's your takeaway heaven and your takeaway hell? Okay, so takeaway heaven. I get a takeaway when I get a cheat meal, yeah? Yeah. So my, my cheat meal is always pizza, bro. So I'm going for like a double pepperoni stuffed crust, uh, Ben and Jerry's on the side, warm cookie Ooh. dough. Yeah, you know, the I go fully in on my cheat meals, man. Yes. Worst worst takeaway. Woo, that's a hot, because all takeaways are pretty nice. But um, I did confess to you before that I never actually have had a doner kebab before, have I? No. So I couldn't believe not, that. You're not the I'm first not sh- guest either to say this now. Yeah, well, who else hasn't? Um, there was, who was it now? This is going to really wrap my brain. I don't think Russell Kane had had one. Yeah. Certainly not for a very long time. I'll tell you what. i tell you what, who who did love a takeaway, and we'd have a great night out with him, was um, was Tom Walker. Oh. Off of, he, I will what, leave a light on. What did he end up getting? What did he, what did he land on? He got um, dirty fried chicken. So it was like <laughs> proper like corner shop chicken vibes. Oh god, okay. All Which right. actually I quite like. Yeah, I like I like I like that sometimes. What's your diet like at the moment? Talk me through okay, so for example, maybe not yesterday because you got the Brit nomination, so you might have celebrated, but what's a normal day of food like for Joel Curry? So a normal day of food is for breakfast I'll be having like, you know, my oats with my protein powder and some blueberries and then um, you know, to be honest, the rest of the day is, uh, is it sounds pretty boring, mate, but it's kind of like chicken rice and broccoli. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what, though? I live on my own, right? So I just stick to my diet and crack. And I'm really busy anyway, so I kind of prep all my meals and they're just there in the fridge ready to eat. I'm not really like, haven't got time to loads like, of cooking and stuff. And, you know, I love, I love, I'm a big foodie. So if it's there and I'm going out for dinner, then amazing but as i said i live on my own and i'm so sort of like caught up and busy with my work i'm just eating on the go all the time so i just have my meal preps which yeah it's pretty boring mate chicken good old chicken and rice Mm, there's (laughs) nothing better after a long day than some chicken and rice am i right (laughs) you forgot the broccoli (laughs) (laughs) right count us in from three three two one Don't tell me I've got a doner kebab. Tonight, Joel Corey, you're having Mc... (laughs) Oh, yes! Oh, my God, I actually killed it. I'm buzzing. I love Mc... So, this will be beeped for podcast listeners, 
because we can't say brand names, but we should describe how would people know what my is. I guess, um, ba da ba ba ba, I'm loving it. That's it. That's that, it. That place. I'm, uh, it's one of my favorites, you know. Like, you can't beat it, can you, really? Come on. What's your order? So, my order. And don't is... get dropping bloody the fruit slices on me. <laughs> Imagine. No, don't worry, I'm not that boring. Um, I'm looking at the menu right now, okay? Yeah. So, this is going to be my order. Please, could I have. Let's have a big tasty with bacon. Big tasty with bacon, I got you. Yeah, do you want a meal? Um, nah. Oh my god, whoever orders a fillet of fish. Well, I actually was considering to get one of the fish ones the other day, and they're not even cheap. They're like £3.50. I just can't imagine someone rocking up to the drive-thru going, can I have a fillet of fish? Like... <laughs> why did they decide to put... Why did they decide to make that as the only dish sound French? <laughs> Is it fillet or fillet? Fi- I don't I know. Actually, I actually had this argument with my mate the other day, and he was like, it's fillet. And I was like, no, mate, it's fillet. You're just saying it in a French accent. What? Yeah, but there's that. There's the Kanye song. Washi order. Fish fillet. Yeah, but isn't it just fish fillet? I think it is. Fill, right. Fill, but they, oh yeah, fillet o fish. Maybe I just, maybe for my whole life I've thought it was French and it wasn't. I don't know. It, I, it's, it's something that I actually really want to get to the bottom of. So let's do some research after this. Yeah, anyway, let's get back to the order. Um, <laughs> so we got a big tasty I, with bacon. Do you want it? Um, you don't want a meal, do you? No, no, no. Chuck, can, you, can I now get some mozzarella dippers? Wow. Yeah. Um, should I get one more thing? A milkshake? Yeah. I'm going vanilla. My guy. Come on. And that, my friend cost 12 quid this is the thing about this is the thing about this food place the one that rhymes with wok wonald's um you can never spend much money i know it's it's it, you just feel like you're getting so much for your money don't you every time you you get an order there it's you like really you, do. Even, even if you really rack it up because you know sometimes when you're you've had a few drinks and you get back and you get the uber eats out and you yeah. start really adding to the basket it only comes to like 20 quid and you've got like so many different things on there and it's the most exciting it's the best and funnest order oh, and it's so quick boom ordered yes <laughs> so i have got until the food turns up to really get to know you joel cory are you ready i'm ready are you gonna tell me when it knocks on the door because i got my airpods on uh yeah I, well surely you'll hear Actually, it over your airpods won't you i'm gonna i'm gonna open the little flaps on my window so i can see him rocking up yes there we go i spy out yeah. spy out the party bungalow that's it that's it right then so let's start with this because this is a part of your life i actually know nothing about okay young joel cory talk to me about him young joel cory um so i went to east barnet school i've always lived in barnet in north london and um yeah when i grew up in school i was very into my football into my dj and, and into the gym they were like the three things i always did right so you've not changed you were the same bloke i'm still exactly the same <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, still got the same dodgy haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, growing up, um, you know, I got into my DJing early. That was like my main thing. Um, it was always my, my passion in life and what I wanted to do. It's funny because the, 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 the things that I was passionate about as a teenager and that were my hobbies, I, I literally pursued them like my entire life, which I guess is a nice thing, you know. And yeah, like, I, I guess when I got to like, you know, when I was a teenager, I was just trying to DJ anywhere I can. I was, I was, you know, asking for warm-up sets in places. I had a little disco company. I was doing people's birthdays, school proms, weddings, bar mitzvahs, you name it. I was trying to DJ there. Oh, I <laughs> and, like um, that there's... Because the, obviously I started as a radio presenter. There's a lot of yeah. crossover in that because a lot of radio presenters started with their own sort of mobile disco company things. That's it. So I had a mobile disco company called CJ Discos because yes. I set it up with my best friend at the time, Colin. So we called it very, very original Colin Joel Discos. Yes. <laughs> CJ Discos. I like it. And, and, um, and yeah, like literally I was only like 15, so I wasn't able to drive yet. But I brought all the equipment, like the smoke machine, the bubble machine, the lights. I had the decks and we used to pay like um, my mum's friends or people that could drive to like take us to the gigs for like 30 quid to drop us off there and yeah. literally pick us up after. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun because I was young and I was earning good money. Well, at, for that age, I was earning like cash in hand, good money, and I and I felt like I was doing like really productive doing the discos and stuff. And yeah, I just guess that that sort of like, you know, gave me that ambition to 
you know, for the for the business side of things as well, you know, from a young age, I was kind of out there hustling already. Yeah. Um, Whatever happened to Colin? Oh, do you know what? I went to his wedding uh, two years ago. We lost touch because obviously, you know, how things are in life, you know, you go separate ways and do your own things and stuff. But yeah, yeah, he got married actually. So I hadn't spoke to him in like six, seven years because you know what it's like in life. You sort of go separate ways. Yeah. And, um, yeah. He hit me up and he was like, I'm getting married. Would you like to come to our wedding? I was like, oh my God. So, um, yeah, I went to his wedding wow. and, you know, he's, he's obviously happily married now and he's got a family and I, uh, very different direction to me. Like, I'm so far away from being married, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think, do, obviously you, you both started as DJs, but you went off to be international Ibiza DJ and he went off to do what he did. Do you think the fact he was called Colin held him back? Cause I don't see a Colin being a number one. Do you know what I mean? No, Colin could be number one. Do you well, think? Yeah, Colin's a good name. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm being mean to Collins. I just don't see, like, <laughs> right, new tune from Ray, David Getter, and Colin. <laughs> I can't see it. Maybe I feel bad on the Collins now. Sorry, Collins. <laughs> I don't mean that. Maybe Collins. Collins, I shouldn't be Colin, Colinist. Collins can do what they want. <laughs> Collins, a, Collins a strong name, man. I see Collins more as accountants. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. It's a very, just quite a smart name, isn't it? It is a smart name, man. That's true. Not like, not, not like Joel. I mean, what is Joel? If like? I if my accountant was called Joel Corey, I would not trust him with my VAT return. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. So you started with your, you were doing your mobile discos. That was basically your childhood. Yeah. And then, um, and then you know, when it got to my late teens, I, was, I wanted to get into the club. So I started doing uh, under 18 events and, you know, doing the warm up sets uh at, at clubs nearby to me just literally like asking the resident djs if i could do the first hour for them and got myself into a few clubs and you know what bro there's no money in it but i used to be the first one in the club and dj to literally nobody as they opened the doors and uh you know the first few people walked in i was like literally like proper going in with my set like <laughs> thinking, <laughs> you know how it is and then and then, you know, the resident would take over and I would just wait in the club until the end of the night, like 3 a.m. And he'd let me go back on for the last half an hour while everyone was sort of leaving. <laughs> but that's that's how, how that's how I got myself in there. I had to do that for months and months and months until finally, you know, I got myself my own residencies and my own sets, main sets, you know. Yeah. But um, there was a there was a long period of time where I was just trying to get my foot in the door. But that's all part of the journey. Um, yeah, that's how you cut and- your teeth on those gigs, right? That's how you learn. Yeah, that's how you learn. That's exactly it, how you learn. And I'm so glad that I went through that process. Going to clubs now and, and sort of being the guest DJ, you know, I have a lot of respect for for the club staff and the management system because I've been on the other side of it. I've worked in a club, you know what I mean? I've worked as a resident DJ for many years. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I went through that process and I understand the other side of it. So when I'm now turning up to a venue, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of just you know very aware of of all the work that's gone in behind the scenes from the venue and and the staff and the management there as well. What were you like in school before we move on from childhood? What was your vibe at school? Um, I was you know what I was a bit. <laughs> I... <laughs> say it, whatever you're gonna <laughs> say, say it. I was one for the ladies. I'm not yes. gonna lie. I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did like to get amongst it a little bit. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> this takes away my next question, which was, were you always a ladies' man? You've already answered it. <laughs> yeah, I was. A, I was a bit. Yeah, I wasn't. To be, I was to be honest, like. But you know, I was good at my schoolwork, though. Like, I was. I wasn't bad or anything. And yeah, you know, I got good grades, and I did study hard. I, I didn't like school that much, to be honest, though, because I kind of got the the hunger for earning money. Yeah. And I wanted to just get myself out there and get like start getting in, into it and. And yeah, I just felt sometimes at school, like I was just eager to get out into the world. Um, So what were your first nights out in that period? Do you remember anything super embarrassing that happened? Yeah, I mean, like, um, that's the thing. I was kind of out there, you know, from 16, 17, because I was sort of got myself and told everyone I was 18, you know, to get myself those warm up sets in the club. So I was I was out quite early, to be honest. Um, And yeah, I mean, embarrassing things, mate. I just guess, like, I do remember, I remember going off to those holidays with my mates, you know, when we were, like, 17, 18, and all getting our names on the back of our shirts. Classic. I think, I think one year we went as lifeguards, and on the on the back of my shirt, I had deal or no deal. <laughs> I, I, I did the shirt thing as well with all the boys, right? 
what did you have on yours oh i had like all sorts of things i had like greenie was my nickname which i actually still get called by all my friends yeah greenie H- half the things on the back of those t-shirts you can't really talk about in 2021 they're a bit outrageous i know like let's just not go into it but yeah they they, they i'll tell you that. what though joel what i do what we did have is it said on the back of my t-shirt right it said um magaluf um i think it probably was like 2017 yeah no maybe before that maybe 2016 i don't know one of those and the numbers the person who had designed the t-shirt which i think was my friend phil he downloaded like a font where on all the numbers there was uh, like a girl doing a bit of a strip dance on the numbers <laughs> Oh my god, really? What's all that about? So there would be like, if there was like a one, the girl would be like draped over the one. Or if there was an eight, she'd be some way behind the eight. What's, who designed that font? That's like pretty, that's pretty like... Pretty racy stuff. Yeah, (laughs) man. (laughs) One of my friends... I'm I'm, I'm just potting around a deal or no deal on the back. Um, so we'll come back to the party islands later because they do play a big role in your life, right? Yeah, they do, man. And yeah, yeah. I want to—I I don't want to stop on this too long, but I do want to mention it because you're in Geordie Shore, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know because I've—I'll be honest with you—and I've said so this before. I've never watched that show. I don't know much about it, and I didn't know how famous you were because of this show until me and you went out for some nights out. And this was before you had major success with music. You would get stopped all the time and said are you joel from geordie shore i was mind blown <laughs> well you know it was um it was a really popular show you know it was at, it was at a time when reality tv was just really kicking off and um it was one of the first big ones in the uk along with like tarry and stuff and yeah there was a lot of people that used to love watching it i mean people used to literally i think it was on a thursday night or a tuesday night i can't remember what night they had it on every week but people would literally have like geordie shore watching parties crazy <laughs> yeah it was um yeah man you know what it was just such a fun show and it, and it was good entertainment and it i just think uh yeah people really got into it man so it's, yeah it's it's nice you know it's fun people still bring it up and if i'm out djing somewhere they'll be like oh, i remember seeing you let's I get a selfie those times. and it's, it's just a laugh in it like you know i don't take myself too seriously man, of course so I have, a la- have a laugh of it do you think it helped the djing stuff or do you think it hindered the djing stuff it was a bit of both yeah so um so there was obviously like you know big platform and you know national exposure on tv a lot of people like as you said like just getting to know who you was through that so you know when it came to me like trying to push my mixes on soundcloud and you know being able to like tour around the uk and do like dj set guest dj sets you know that was it was really good for that sort of thing and um but then, obviously, on the other side of it, there is that there is a stigma around reality TV, and and that, that and I had to like, maybe you know, work hard to to sort of break those barriers down, really. Um, but you know what? It all comes down to just I kind of found that motivation just to work even harder. Is that mm. kind of like got to prove myself here? Do you know what I mean? Like, even if I got to dig a bit deeper, like I'm willing to do this, and I believe that I can get to where I want to get to, and just literally all the little knockbacks I got just added like fuel to my fire if you like yeah um and i just yeah i just pushed on and worked harder man and and uh i'm a positive person bro so i you know i try not to like anything get me down i always find a positive in every situation and and just keep work and and honestly it all just comes down to hard work at the end of the day that's what it comes down to and this isn't really a question this is almost just a statement i'm gonna say at you but i remember when you joined uh the radio station i used to work for kiss right and mm-hmm. I remember there was there was a certain idea I had as to what sort of music you would play and what your show would be like, right? And mm-hmm. I listened to it and I was blown away by how knowledgeable you are about music, your passion for music, how well read you were on music and just your taste was so similar to mine. And it was nothing that I thought it was going to be. And I think that's what's so great about your career is you've proven everyone wrong who had this one idea of what your DJ sets would be and what your sound would be. And you took this slice of the dance floor that was really credible and you put it in the UK top 40. And I think that's the coolest thing. Oh, thank you, bro. That means a lot to me. You know, I really appreciate that. And listen, man, like I said to you, like DJ and music has been my number one thing in life since I can remember, you know, I started DJ when I was 14 and, I've lived and breathed it every single day, literally every single day. I've, I've at some point 
in in my whole life you know lived and breathed that that dj and the music and the culture of dance music means so much to me and i'm a raver as well man like so you know i me and my mates you know there's nothing i like more than going out raving myself and watching the biggest djs in the world so you know i really have a massive love for the dance scene and it's definitely you know it's just my thing man so you've done reality tv but you're now at that stage again where like brit nominations blowing up if you got a little knock on the door from an I'm a celeb, what are you saying? Get me in that jungle, yes, bro. Yes. Come on, man. That's what I want to see. They need they need the JC in the jungle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would make the best TV. Mate, you know what? That would be fun, wouldn't it? Like, um, yeah, I reckon I'd be I'd be awful with those challenges though. I'd probably be squealing and screaming and all that sorts, but Yeah, how would I'd, you do um... with eating cow testicles? Well, this the thing is, right? I am an extremely competitive person and I'm willing to go to the depths to win anything, right? <laughs> yeah. But I would probably be a massive squealer and make an absolute scene, but I would never, ever, ever give up, ever. So yeah, it could, could make for a, it could be very interesting. <laughs> I think it would make great. Anton Deck, hit your boy up because I think it would be the best TV. Oh, yay, Alan Deck, man. See now, him this Saturday. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Now, when this goes out, this will already happened. You're, yeah, yeah. This, so we can get a little bit behind the scenes here. Um, this, as I say, will have gone out by the time this podcast goes live. But this Saturday, yeah. you're on bloody Anton Deck. I know. It's the final Saturday night takeaway, and we're performing Bed, Me and Ray, and David Getter as well. Do you get us there? <laughs> Oh, yay! No, they flew Getter in. <laughs> no, they're doing it in a special sort of like hologram visual way, but he's feel, he's involved in the performance. But it's they're doing it in, a I guess, a COVID way, if you get me. But um, yeah, but he's still involved, so it's still going to be special. Um, How cool. If, you, if someone had said to you five years ago, you're going to be on a song with David Getter, that must have felt like a dream. Yeah, come on, man. Like, you know, obviously, Dave, I've been playing David Gare's records all the way to his classic dance records, you know. Yeah. And um, he's been at the top of the game for so many years now. And he's obviously had huge commercial sex. Uh, sex? Success. <laughs> what do you know that we don't, Joel? <laughs> yeah. No, he's had huge commercial success around the world with uh, these global hits, as well as, you know, establishing himself for the dance scene. So he's definitely an inspiration of what his career is just is, is an, like I, I got a tweet the other day and like bed went top 10 and it was like joel corey's got his fourth top 10 you know ray's got our fourth top 10 and david greta's 25th top 10 <laughs> and i went 20 i messaged him on whatsapp i went 25 bruv come on man allow it and he was like you don't know how old i am <laughs> that's so you're texting david getta We've got a little WhatsApp group, me, Ray, and David, uh, called the Bed WhatsApp group. So, so we good. chat on it. We chat on it every day, man. Now here's he's the... so he's so funny, bro. Like every t- every time he writes something in the group, for some reason I just read it in a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's ripped as well, right? He's he takes care of himself. Yeah, I know. I, I said to him, I said, bro, what are you trying to do, bro? Give me comp- <laughs> give me competition here. You, you're taking my thing. <laughs> yeah. um, this, now this is the question that everyone wants answered. What mm. is David Getter's WhatsApp photo? He's got like a, a really cool DJ, you know, black and white one, you know, the typical sort of DJ. Oh, it's of him. Picture. Yeah, very, yeah, very cool. cool. Very, very cool and suave picture. He is cool and suave though, man. He is. He? He's, he's so cool and suave, mate. Come on. Oh. He's, uh, he's killing it, man. So are you looking forward to this Saturday? Yeah, I can't wait. Going to meet Ant and Deck. Wait, um, I just can't wait to get a photo. It's yeah, gonna man. Be, it's going to be a legendary photo. That's so cool. Um, now I feel like we've skipped around a lot and I want to talk about the start of your career because it takes a lifetime to have an overnight success and I think there's no better way of describing your career than that because there's loads of Joel Corey tunes that I've never even heard of right like yeah. let me read you these and see which ones you remember Back Again yeah yeah my first ever single released <laughs> yeah Light It Up yeah boy what followed Light It Up uh let's go back um so what followed light up uh would it was it just wanna just wanna yeah and And then then after after just wanna was it um was it all the things yep yeah all the things oh i love that record and then it was all All night all night hurt 
EP, um, and then I had uh, Feel This Feel This Way. Uh, yeah, man, there's all those tracks. I remember making them, mate. Like just trying to get anyone to play them on radio and just sending them to everybody and just trying to get them out there. I even I even started my own record label just as a way to get my music out. Um, those so years were cool. rough, mate. Honestly, like even you saying those words, it just takes me back to being in my extension and just kind of. Oh, just thinking, like, oh, this is not going to happen. Like, you know, get another one out and then just on to the next one. And yeah, man, it was, um, that was, a, that was a weird time of my life, mate, to be so honest with you. 2015. So this was 2015 to 2017. So that's a, mate, that's a good chunk of time putting out music. Real talk, Correct. was it growing out with every song or sometimes was it like, this is not going anywhere? No, it was growing because my knowledge of the industry was growing. Right. And I knew that I knew I was going to do it. I believed in myself. And every time I went to release something, I learned a little bit more about how radio plugging worked and even delivering records. As I said to you, I even started my record label just as a way to get my music out. And doing all those things, like you learn the ropes and you learn the industry, which is so vital because honestly, the music industry is complicated, bro. Like it's, it's not simple. Like there's so many different moving parts in the music industry. And going through that sort of self-promotion and, and, and self-releasing stage is a way of learning. And then, you know, you go through bad experiences, mate. I had a lot of bad experiences where, you know, wasn't working with the right people and, and you know, um, things just were going wrong. And, but you learn from those lessons. Like every, every, every knockback is a lesson. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And I had a lot. <laughs> and then that's why that when I now have my team now and everyone's on the same page and everyone's amazing and everyone's committed to my project and I have the best team ever, like it's taken me so long to get to that though. And I've had to go for a lot of, you know, not so, you know, not so good situations to finally get to one that is what I needed. So what do you mean by that things go wrong? Like people trying to rip you off or like, how does that, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. And, you know, people promising the world and then nothing happening. And then yeah. you spending loads of your own money on stuff when you were promised, you know, you was going to get some help with things. And, you know, I, I shot every single music video myself, paid for everything, you know, organized everything, even little, you know, the cost adds up, mate, because it's not like there was a lot of money coming in. It was just all my money going out to try and promote these records and, you know, just little things little things around the record and promotion that you that I was just covering costs for just to try and get them moving yeah um you know it just it was just hard mate it was difficult because it because it's those times where you think oh what am i doing here like, i'm spending loads of money here like nothing's happening and um you know is this actually going to happen like they're testing times bro i'm telling you can we talk about the hustle on the party islands yeah mate that, i mean those that's yeah. the real hustle right there out there definitely like i looked at that as a massive platform you know i, I you know those islands zanti malia kavos magaluf like these places is where I, I made my name, man. Like, because I looked at those places as an opportunity to go out there all summer, play around the islands, play. I was DJing seven nights a week for stretches of like four months, man, flying from island to island every day. Wow. And, and I would DJ, you know, four or five hour sets. And it, it was, it was just like the way I saw it is those people on the island, it, you know, it might be their first big proper club holiday or, you know, party holiday. And I'm going to do the best set and they're going to go home off this holiday and go, oh my God, that Joel Corey that I saw in Zaddy, that blew me away. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I knew that the that the kids go into those events, you know, that if they saw you and, and had an amazing night, that's going to be memories from their holiday. And, and you've got to think as well, like people go on holiday to those islands for like a week at a time. So if on a on a Tuesday night I'm DJing in Zanti, right, to a thousand people in a club, if I'm going back there next Tuesday to, and DJing to another thousand people, that's a whole new thousand people. Mm. If you have a residency in one location, like in the UK, it's the same people going every week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the opportunity in those islands, that the fact that it was a new crowd every single week. So imagine I'm DJing on five different islands a week, right? for 16 weeks and every single week is a whole new group of people in each island. Think of the thousands of people I would have DJ to over that summer. Yeah. New people every time in every island. It's, do you know what I mean? It's like, when you look at it like that, it's such a huge amount of people and it's the, and it's the sort of age group where, like I said, it might be their first clubbing experience. So 
it's honestly i would say to any young and up-and-coming dj get out there in the summer to those places because it's a way that you can make a name for yourself and build a fan base and you built a night out there from scratch right and you went from zero in that night to full by last summer or the summer before yeah that that was honestly one, one of the most rewarding things for me like in Zanti, now in all of the islands, I had my own residencies, right? But the one that really sticks out to me was that one in Zanti. I, I got in at the got in at the biggest club on the strip called Rescue, and um, the first year that I got that residency, like I wasn't getting money for it, mate. Like just like getting my flights covered, and uh, you know, sixteen weeks. And um, you know, when I first started it, there was it was basically empty. It was a big nightclub as well. So when a big nightclub is empty, you really feel it's empty. Mm, yeah, and um, and, you know, like I remember getting like two, three weeks into the residency and thinking, oh, God, what have I signed up for? This is not going to get any better. And it got to the point where I was literally giving wristbands out on the flight over, like probably looking like a bit of a wally, to be honest. But I was doing anything just to get heads in the door. And even on the night, I would be outside before my set started, literally putting wristbands on people. Sick. And they'd be walking past going, oh, Joel Coy, I'd be like, yeah, come in tonight. And I was literally trying to PR it myself because I just wanted to, people to get in. I knew that I could, I was, you know, I knew I had the, the goods with my set to, you know, drop a really good set that night and impress people. But I'd had to get heads in the door, man. So, yeah, it was hard. The first year was difficult doing that. Um, you know, it did it did pick up. But, you know, when I went back the second year, then suddenly, you know, it was really starting to pick up then. And I was like, all right, this night is going somewhere. And, um, you know, I think on by the end of the second year, it was the busiest night of the week on that island. Incredible. And then, and then literally the third year I went back was the year that Sorry broke as well. And it was sold out every single night without, you know, without question for 16 weeks. And it was absolutely electric, man. And I remember just thinking, wow, like all that graph was worth it. And just feeling so proud of proud of that. And on that note, my McDonald's had just arrived. Oh, what? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, yeah, hold on. I'm opening the door. Go on, let's do this together. Thank you very much. Hi. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. Oh, the food has arrived. Come on, bro. When was the last time you had one of these? Uh, last time I had a McDonald's. Well, I haven't had. I haven't tasted the big tasty yet, so I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I did get a. I did get a, a naughty McFlurry the other night. I'm not going to lie. I do love a McFlurry, brother. They got the cream egg ones now as well. <laughs> um, if you look in that bag, Joel. Yeah. You'll see a little treat from me as well. Oh, did you put a sneaky treat in? Oh my god, no! A fillet of fish. <laughs> a a, a fillet of fish. Shall I try it? I want you to try the fillet of fish live on the Dangerous Dinners podcast. It looks a bit depressing, you know? (laughs) God, who orders this, man? Shall I try it? I'm going in, ready? Do your thing, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. (laughs) Not good or good? It's a bit like a hash brown, but just fishy. Yeah, it is like a big square. Also, I'm like, what fish comes in that shape? Because it's like a square. Mm. Bit weird. I'm enjoying it. Oh mate, listen, that's that's a little little treat from the Dangerous Dinners mm. podcast. Trying a new thing every day. So tonight you've got a fillet of fish, you've got a big tasty, and you've got some mozzarella dippers. You are love it. You are living life. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
you smashed it on the party islands. You were putting tunes out for years. They were growing, but it wasn't really getting there, right? And mm-hmm. look at you now. We cut to the 1st of April, 2021, and you are basically the UK top 40, <laughs> right? Oh, mate, it's, it's insane, man. Like when, you, when I think back to those times and, and the situation I'm in now, it's uh it's so surreal mate it really is and 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 when you when you think back like that it's it's yeah if you asked me those years ago when i was you know walking up and down that plane giving people wristbands in zanti and you told me i'd be sitting in now i would have just thought you was absolutely nuts what's been the most outrageous offer that's landed on the table so far talk to me i want to talk about like adverts i want to talk about brand deals i want to talk (laughs) about like mental stuff that you're like what the hell I've been offered. That's the other thing. Um, well, just before um, just before COVID kicked in, I got offered to uh, DJ at the NFL game in London at the halftime show. Wow, that would have been absolutely mad. But it actually didn't happen because of the COVID stuff, which was a shame. Did you um, Did you get to talk money with them for it? It was pretty mental. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but um, I love but, it. Yeah, like. Obviously, like with the with the gigs and stuff, like I haven't really seen that yet because we we haven't had any gigs. Um, but brand deals and stuff, I don't know, man. Nothing really so far, to be honest. If I'm honest with you, what about um, the whip? Oh yeah, so Range Rover. Um, that I, oh, I you've drove... changed. Screw you, Joel. <laughs> if someone gave me a Range Rover, I'd never stop talking about it. And you forget? No, no, no. It was um, it wasn't a permanent. Like it was. I was driving. They gave it to me for like a period of time to. Oh. Um, kind of drive around and and enjoy and i really did man but again it's a shame because you know like um my touring it would have been so good to have that like on tour because it was such a nice big comfy car it was like driving a, a bloody minibus bruv <laughs> <laughs> i called it i called it the joel Corey bus um <laughs> but um yeah we didn't really get to experience it properly because i had no gigs for like mate i haven't dj'd since last march i was gonna say so, yours your massive success has all sort of been in lockdown i guess yeah. hasn't it yeah, well, no, I had well, I had obviously. Sorry was my first. Yeah, kind when of, did like, Sorry happen? Two thousand and nineteen. That was my first like breakthrough record. Yeah, and I had an amazing summer in twenty nineteen. That's the year when the Zanti residency was sold out every single week. Right, um, and that's when Sorry broke and like literally my life changed that year, mate. Well, that that summer, my life changed forever. Yeah, honestly, mate, it really did. Like it's uh, ever since then. I've, I know it's a cliche, mate, but I've been living my absolute dream. That's so sick, man. I know, it's, it's, it gives me goosebumps when I think back to it, mate. It, does, it makes you feel a bit weird inside, a bit like jelly, you know? That's nice, it's, that's nice though. That's, this, is, this is amazing. I love it. And this is why I've wanted to get you on the podcast for so long, is because I've known you for so long. And yeah. kn- I, I still remember um, when we went for a night out once and we were stood outside. And, oh, God. And we were both, i just done a big radio thing and your tune was just start of taking off. And yeah. We, and we were both like, God... We think we might. This might happen. Like after after sorry, then I did lonely, right? Yeah, and that I was touring then, so I was in. I, I was on tour with Sagala and Jack Jones, so the gigs were wicked. Yeah, and then lockdown happened, oh. and then I brought then I brought head and heart out. So that, that's how it worked. And how is it looking right now? How many top forties have you had? Um, so bed bed was my fourth UK top ten. Wow. So yeah, man, I've been, I've been, yes, yeah, it's, it's going all right, man. I just, yeah, just, I, I don't really look at it like that though. Like I just think, right, keep my head down, keep working onto the next one. And, and yeah, it's just the stats and stuff are all amazing. But to be honest, man, I'm just happy that people are just enjoying the music and it's, and it's like brightening up people's days and stuff. Cause the messages I get on a daily basis where people just, you know, I've listened to our music on their gym playlists or yeah you know just enjoying my tracks and it's making them feel happy that's that's what really counts man they're big party anthems happy vibes which i think the world needs a lot more of right now um how did the david getter and ray thing come around is there a story there because that must have been a bit of a dream when you found out you were working with david getter yeah totally so what happened was last summer i was in a studio session and i got played um a load of demo load of ray demos and I played about 10 of them but there was one that really like stood out to me and caught my ear and it was the bed idea yeah and it was just it was just a chorus just a hook right and i listened to it and like i was like oh my god wait go back to that a minute and it was um the lyrics in it just felt cheeky and fun and fresh and the and the melody of the hook was just it's i knew straight away that that was a hit 
And um, I had a vision for the record straight away. So that night, I just slid into Ray's DMs casually, you know me. I know and I was all. like, uh, you know, come on, bro, I love hot eyes, isn't it? This isn't a joke. This is real. <laughs> come on, bro. And I was like, I was like, um, oh, Ray, like I've heard this, this bed idea. Like I'd love to work on it. I'm, I've got a vision for this already. Like, I know it could be amazing. Please, can we get in the studio ASAP? if you're up for it. And she hit me back and was like, I'd love to do this with you. Um, I actually wrote this idea with David Guetta. So I was like, oh. Wow. Right, well, I can't exactly just slide into his DMs with the love heart eyes. No. Well, you never know. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I thought I'd better be more professional here. So I uh, I sent David like a really like nice email, like, dear David, like. Um, dear you know, David. <laughs> <laughs> And um, he knew how I was because he was a fan of Head and Heart. He actually remixed Head and Heart as, on his Jack Back alias. I see. Um, so yeah, he knew how I was, which was, which was cool, man. And and he came back to me, and and you know he was like, "I'm down for you working on this. Like I'm up for it." And I was like, "Oh, fantastic, brilliant, man!" And and then literally two weeks later, me and Ray got in the studio together because obviously David was um, in a different country, and because of the travel restrictions, I just got in there with Ray and um, literally added my production and developed the rest of the track, wrote the rest of the track, and that was last summer. And the tune came out in February, bro. So it was like seven months of work went into this record. And Crazy. I don't, I don't think people understand like how long it takes from start to finish to complete a record. Like it's a long process, man. And um, you get so like in your, it takes over your life. Do you know what I mean? Especially the final stages of production. So uh, the relief when you get these records out is, is such a nice feeling. And then if it all goes well, it's just, it's such a buzz, bro. And I feel like, every record you put out has a bigger and better name on and between you and i are there some silly names getting spoken about for tunes in the future because at the rate you're going it's going to be like joel Corey, ariana grande by the end of the year <laughs> which by the way is a oh, record man. i'm totally here for oh wow man can you imagine um no do you know what though? i'll be honestly honest with you right like obviously i'm in a position now where i'm so lucky that i can work with amazing songwriters and uh, get into the studio with some incredible artists. But really, mate, honestly, for me, it's more about the music. And sometimes I get sent tracks that, you know, are just, you know, there's no name attached to it at all. But I just know that there's something there. And I end up, like, developing those records more. And then it's, like, trying to find out that sometimes, like, if something I'm working on can connect with somebody and, you know, they, they can come in and, like, smash the vocal or whatever. And it's more about the person connecting with the record rather than the name. Do you know what I mean? That's more yeah. important to me that somebody falls in love with the thing that I am in love with as well. And then we can do this together. Um, that's the most, honestly, that's the most important thing. Cause I really think that when, when an artist is working on a track, if they truly love it, you're going to get the best delivery and performance from them. Yeah. But also Ariana Grande would be sick. Yeah, that would be all right. <laughs> Have you had a taste <laughs> of your big taster yet? I'm sipping my milkshake and I've just had a big bite of it, mate. It's absolutely oh, lovely. The big tasty with bacon. There's been, there's never been a better endorsement, mate. The fillet of fit, the fillet of fish has already gone down. Has already gone down a treat, mate. Well, you've done it. Yeah, it's gone. See, this is good, man. Because if you ever now become a, I guess a pescatarian, so you can only yeah. eat fish, you've got a, you've got a Mackey's order you can have. Mm-hmm. And then who would have thought, by the way, that in 2021, we'd now have Joel Curry dolls. I saw those after the last music video. Oh, my God. I've got one in front of me right now. They're so cool. <laughs> how, Mate, what, uh, so, tell us about that. How did that? How did that come about? Yeah, I guess. Did you have to give a body double? How did it work? Well, actually, like, obviously, have you seen the, you've seen the music video for bed, right? Of course. And, and, um, and yeah, someone in the marketing team, the label was like, we got to get some dolls made up of, like, the Joel Corey pop from the music video. And I was like, oh, shut up. Just thought they're, like, you know, like, just having a joke with me. And the next thing, the bloody Joel Corey doll turns up at my front door. Amazing. And I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> But no, they they did me all right though. They they didn't do me dirty. To be fair, the they didn't do you dirty were... at all. <laughs> I think the doll was an upgrade of the real thing. <laughs> I mean, it, if it had my head on, I would take it. Put it that way. I dream of that. <laughs> um, right. So tell me about next year. Yeah, well, I've actually announced my tour for later this year. Um, so I'm really excited about that. 
And you know what? We've we've got good news here, obviously, that hopefully June the 21st, all going to plan, things are going to open up again. Yeah. So I just can't wait to get back to touring again, to be honest with you, mate, because you know me, mate, DJing's my, my thing in life, so I, wanna, I just want to get back to it. I've had a whole year off now. I'm just can't wait to get back out there and start playing these tracks again, mate, and hopefully play some big festivals. And that's my dream is to like kind of travel the world and play the biggest stages around the world. If you ask me that, that is what my dream is. So hopefully I can get back on the road to that as soon as things open up again. And, and hopefully like my music can help me get there. Do you think you would do party Island residencies again, or would it just be a Ibiza now? Do you think? Um, I'd love, I feel like, that period of my life was just like a really special period for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd be able to do a residency again just because of the, you know, I just, I'm not sure. I feel like I've done that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I did it for years and years, man. But I think I would like to go back and do like a one-off show, you know, or a couple of one-off shows across the summer. That'd be, that would feel really special. But yeah, I think like, you know, residency wise, I feel like that was a part of my life and, and, you know, I just got amazing memories from doing that. I guess it's a big commitment as well, going, I will be here every Thursday for the next three months or whatever. Mate, it's a huge commitment. Honestly, like, it is a huge commitment. Um, you know, 16 weeks resident, you know, in those islands, it's uh, it's massive, mate. It's it's, 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 it's it's your life when you get into it. If, um, if I was yeah. your agent, right, and I called you and I said, right, Joel, we need to pick a club in Ibiza, to do a load of sets at in 20 end of 21 22 what would be the choice that is such an amazing question i would say i'm gonna go for oh my god it's so hard Whew, that is a tricky one bro thanks man um do you know what taking all into account i'm gonna go for amnesia okay great leave leave with um, but yeah <laughs> hook me up but then there's all obviously we've got your as well which is kind of going to be like more of a daytime thing so that'd be incredible but i just think amnesia would would just be the dream when that what's the nightclub by the airport dc dc 10 that would be a cool one that's my favorite place to go raving um you know going raving at dc 10 you can't beat it like i've had some mad 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 nights mornings in there man (laughs) (laughs) i think before do you know what one more question and then i'll i'll let you go would you ever do an album Mm mm-hmm is that the plan? Do you still think yeah. that would work for you? I'm going to release a 12-track album and it's going to be a Joel Curry album. It's going to happen, mate. Wow, that's exciting. That's what I'm working towards. Um, you know, that's exactly what I'm working towards. I've signed an, I've signed a two-album deal with Atlantic Records. Um, so that is going to happen at some point and I'm, I'm going to just work, 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 work and work. And when that time comes to doing that, mate, I'm, it's going to... You know how much work I put into things, mate. So when it comes to like that album, it's just going to be a big moment for me, mate. And yeah, I'm so excited about that. Um, and do you know what? I think that's a lovely point to end. Joel Corey, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Before... I've just finished my mozzarella dipper. Before you go, <laughs> tonight, Joel Corey, you're on the Dangerous Dinners podcast. You had um, Lap Lonald's. We can't say what it actually is. Um you had a fillet of fish. You had a big tasty with bacon. And you had a milkshake. How would you rate tonight's food? Do you know what? I loved my lap nonald. And um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 because the fillet, the fillet of fish, I'd like to uh, correct you. It's not a fillet of fish. Sorry. A fillet of fish. Um, was, yeah, blew me away, to be honest. Um Wow. I mean, I'm not sure if I'd add that to my regular order, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was it was lovely. It was an absolute pleasure. Tonight's guest is the one, the only, <laughs> it's Joel Corey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, bro. That was sick. Cold food, but hot guests. It's the Dangerous Dinners Podcast. Oh, and there we go. Thank you very much, Joel Corey. Uh, another episode of the Dangerous Dinners podcast. Dispatch to your face. Ugh, have that. Um, by the way, you can keep up with all the Dangerous Dinners news. Really does sound like I've had more than two magnets um, on our social media platforms. Uh, you can go to our Twitter. It's the DD podcast. Or on Instagram. It's the Dangerous Dinners podcast. Or now, huh, our YouTube channel. Ugh. Uh, search the Dangerous Dinners podcast in YouTube. We're going to post all the clips, 
everything you might have missed from the podcasts on there for you. It's basically little um, little snippets, little bite-sized chunks of the podcast available to you. Um, thank you so much for doing another episode. I really appreciate it. If you want to scroll down and leave us a five-star rating and a review, I would really appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe. I'm going to go to bed. I will see you next week for another episode of the podcast. Next week, we've got someone very special. Not a musician. Not a comedian. Um, someone actually quite serious with some amazing stories to tell. Um, find out next week. Have a lovely one. Bye! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 